It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer, brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Todd Surprise, Kirk Elliott, hanging out with us in the house today. Got a good show lined up for you today. Joe Costello from WFO Radio is going to be joining us. We're going to talk a little bit about NHRA today on Mostly Motorsports. And uh, we've got uh, Todd Surprise hanging out with us in the studio today. Todd, how you doing, brother? How you been? Doing real, doing real good, man. Doing real good. Good seeing you guys here today. Hey, man. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, I want to. I want to talk a little bit about your uh, experience. You went and saw Stephen Vi the other night, right? Yes, sir. Stevie. Steve Vi. Steve Vi. What it is? Is he considered? How would you rank guitar players, Todd? Because you you are a good guitar player. And, I appreciate and, that. And I, I want to just say this. Todd can really play the guitar. And if there's anybody that knows how to scale out guitar players, you would be one of those guys to scale out the guitar players. How would you scale out Steve Vai versus like um, – like a, a Zach Wild or a uh, Eddie Van Halen, how would you scale them out? Well, you know, let me get these mic down a little bit. First of all, it's a you know, it's it's a relative thing when you're talking about. It's a taste thing. I always tell people, in my opinion, for my taste, right? Eddie Van Halen is the was king. the guy. Yeah, Eddie Van Halen will tell you. Alan Hallsworth and Eric Clapton was his guy. So everybody has their guy. That, yep. But Steve Vai, a lot of people will say he doesn't play with feel. He's more of a technical. You know, he's not a, you're not going to see Steve Vai play a lot of blues. He has a new song on his album that's a blues-based song. Oh, he does? Yeah, oh, and it's wow. called Greener Blue. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> and so it's, uh, you know, he, it's his, like he, he even told us, this is my version of the blues. But So he is in a very soulful but he, if his one of his biggest songs, and one of the ones that he plays still to this day is a, one of the songs that's more of a ballad type of song, which is a soulful one. Which so right. that kind of casts the thing. But I put him up. I he's my living greatest guitar player now that Eddie Van Halen has passed. He's mine, you know, in the right. rock in the rock world now. You know, we talk about this on Track Talk all the time, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> there's people out there we don't even know who there are, so they, it's hard to really say who is really there's good. There's so many young people now that can play at such a high level. And there's guys we've just never even heard of. It's right. just made, you know, and I can mention some guys and you'd be like, I don't even know that guy's name. And it's just right. like, yeah, I mean, you mean you, we share clips all the time, but Steve, I puts on a hell of a show. It was at the Uptown theater. This building was built in 1920 here in Kansas right. city. Had a, a great venue. If you've never been here in Kansas city, there's a few, there's one in Chicago that kind of resembles it on the inside. Yeah. Uh, another one in New York City and another one in London that has the same architecture on the inside with the same work. And so uh, it's a great venue to go see a small act like that. Sold out. There's only maybe 50 seats at the very back of the balcony right. that were not sold. The whole lower bowl and sold out. Played two hours and 15 minutes. Wasn't a in and out show like sometimes you see in Kansas City on a Sunday night. Sometimes those guys will cut those shows 
short. Short. It'll yeah. be an hour and 45 to two hours and something. He played almost two and a half hours, you know, and that's all guitar. <laughs> you got to understand right. a guy's, he's playing guitar for two and a half hours. It's tough on your fingers. It's it's not like you can just go out there. And... You know, you told me something that was a little bit unique for Steve Vai that he brings in a bunch of other guitar players. Yeah. Because right? he. Talk he, about that a little bit. Yeah. So a lot of people, like, he's a studio he has his own studio at his house the harmony hut is what it's called and it's basically like what we have here we built this a studio he has a studio for him that's all geared for recording music just top of the line right and so what he does is is he's when you record music you can add a hundred guitars now back in the days when the beatles were recording you had four tracks right and then along came Les Paul, and he figured out that you could stack tracks. So you take four tracks, and you hook up another four-track recorder, take those four and record it onto one. Now you got four free ones again, right? right? So now you can record endless guitars. Steve I records so many guitars that he has to have some guys playing some of his stuff. Multi-tracks. Yeah. yeah. So you have to have more guys playing some of your stuff in order for it to sound anything close to what the record's going to kind of sound like. But... Right. He's got a three, it's a three-piece band, just a guitar, drummer, and bass player are his main touring Power band. trio. They're, and they're just, the same guy, they've been together almost 25 years, all of them. Yeah. They know what they're doing. So uh, it was great. We got to meet him after she had a little meet and greet after the show. I know a few people and pulled a few strings and uh, got to meet some people and uh, it was fun. Got some photos. So you, and, you hung out for quite a while after the show, didn't you? Yeah. You, you were, you two, you and your buddy were the last two people there, yeah, right? Yeah, and that were Kansas City, other than the dudes working the front door at the Lone Star, at the, at the uptown. uptown. <laughs> right. So I'd mentioned to Steve that about, I'd seen him at the Lone Star three or four times and he remembered the Lone Star, asked about Westport. And uh, it, like I said, it was a fun, it was a fun time had by all. My biggest. You know, that's kind of funny that, that Stephen Vi, Steve Vi would play at Westport. Yeah. In the old days. Back it, in the day. The Lone Star had a really big footprint on local, or smaller acts, right? right. Like Puddle of Mud was there. Ingve Mounsting, Zach Wilde, all these guitar, like guitar niche right. bands would roll through. Puddle Mud played there because they had a local guy, so right, they all knew right. what they knew. Johnny what, Dare was really yeah. behind them a lot. And Wes was, yeah. you know, he lived here in Kansas City, but, you know, right. My base, the base, I was a base tech for many years. So a person named Eddie Pruitt, he goes by the name of E. Pruitt now. He works for A&R up in, for uh, Bartolini Pickups. And he played at the Lone Star many times. So I've been on the stage at the Lone Star many times doing gigs with Ed, you know, running his, doing his tech stuff. So, right. but I told Steve, I said, no, the Westport's a little different now, but. Um, it's n nothing like it used no, to be. No, it's still, I was telling Kirk the other day, you know, they got the things that come out of the ground like they have in new york city that stop the traffic right, so right. they still it's still party town down there it's just a different scene i'll say yeah. than, than it was when we were down a little there. rougher down a little there rougher than it used to be it, it's um i'd say that what though there's a right around where the town topic hamburgers and all that is that's a big famous place for anybody that's listening right. you know town topic has been around since 19 something you'll be able to find that if you come to town that area is still popping man so um, people were out. Power all and light kind of brought down. Well, that's Westport, that's exactly it? what I was getting ready to say. Power and light has changed the way everything is looked upon in the city. That's the hub now. And uh, if you know what's the big hub in the in the Kansas City area, the big hub hub is they're pushing a new downtown Royals ballpark. What do you think about that? I, I'm I hate downtown ballparks, but I am not uh, against 
production and moving forward and making the city bigger. I, I'm, I'm all for that. My biggest concern is make sure you have me a lot, a, a few designated lots for parking, not let a free-for-all where you just have to find you a parking spot. Where people start letting people park in their yards. It's and tough. Whatnot. You remember yeah. back in the day. Oh, I was man. a little kid with Memorial Stadium, but I remember how people used oh, to it just. Oh, terrible. And so, you know, Kirk's been to St. Louis before the, at the Bush Stadium. It's where Lee Spencer, and they, you know, they go all the time. That was my biggest concern was going to those games that are downtown. Man, you've got to find you a parking spot, man. And you've got. Right. I, I don't mind walking a block or two. Th- because that's how far you walk at these big places in a parking lot, like at Royal Stadium, Kauffman Stadium, or Chief State Arrowhead Stadium. But right. when you're in downtown and you're trying to find where you got to go and everything, and it's cold and it's raining or whatever it has to be, you just want to be able to get to your car. I know, right. I, you know, and that's, so that's my biggest complaint. But if you've seen some of the photos of the renderings of the Kansas City um, what they're what they're proposing it's a monster down there dude it's it's and it's supposed to overlook all the bridges and everything down there so it's supposedly going to be pretty neat i'm kind of kansas city is blown up we know people know this downtown has turned into a whole different a whole different uh, game when we were kids <laughs> yeah, it was there wasn't anything downtown scary downtown <laughs> right yeah you, it, the, they rolled in the carpet downtown they when, did back in the day they, they fixed right. it and now people don't know there's a brand new airport this thing is so close to being open. They're doing uh, test runs tomorrow for the walk and having people walk through the whole building and pretend like they're going to the next plane. So you get tickets and they come in and they're going to feed you because all these some of these restaurants are going to start opening. So this new I don't know if you've seen the renderings of this place up the new KCI. Oh, listen, you know, I, I, that's that's a thing that really kind of bothers me because I always thought KCI I, it, was just as easy an airport to get in it and is. out of it's perfect right but but we have to understand what's happened kansas city has blown up man it isn't what it was when we were kids it isn't and they're you're gonna see one day you'll see the the train that runs around downtown the you know the trolley that's gonna go all you'll see it go up to the airport eventually you know, Chris Johns, he, he said uh, traffic bad down there now, uh, yeah. no parking. I think it's a mistake bringing the stadium downtown. Yeah, the only the, what I a little bit of what I felt good about it looks like it may be on the north, looking over towards the north. It's going to be on the river, on that side, yes, sir. That's what. And so my concern was it being more in the middle, <laughs> right? And and the traffic just goes. It gets nuts. I mean, think about a Friday. So you have a concert at the at the Sprint or the T-Mobile Center. You're down there, and then you got a baseball game that goes. I mean, I just it could be a, it could a, be a, a, a big. And then you have the T-Mobile area. You know, the power and light area that parties down there. Right. It could be a, a shortage so, on parking. Yeah. So, yeah. but a lot of people. One more thing before people. Um, you know, the NFL the draft will be here in, this year for Kansas City, right, and that's right. going to be. I thought it was going to be all held there in the Power and Light, and it's not. It's all at Union Station. Oh, it is. Union Station is going to be the whole backdrop for this thing. So they're going to work with the memorial. They're not doing it outside, are they? It's going to be in that giant. You know how they have that huge yep. hall. They're, that's all. Apparently, it's going to be. It's this is a big time deal. Isn't man. that weird that they would have it at Union but Station? I'm thinking what you're thinking. They don't want to have it outside and so i thought bartle hall may have been what it was but wait till you see this guys i've seen some of the rendition uh the artist 
renderings of this, right. what they're setting up for this NFL thing that's coming out. It's going to be pretty amazing here in Kansas City. So if you haven't been to Kansas City, come on in, guys. Uh, yeah. we got a new airport, going to have some really good stuff here, man. And, and if you're in town, look up the Racing Boys, man. We're, we're, we're always out at a track. Listen, or... we, we've got a little room. If anybody wants to come in and want to sit down and watch us do the that's show. Right. People don't know that. There's a little... We've got a little. We don't see that part of the stadium or studio, but it's set up perfect. There, there is a a, a small chance. And, and listen, I want to talk to some of the people out there that are listening to the show, our regular listeners. There's a chance that we might go to once a week. Um, you know, trying to do a show every day, six days a week, it's it's pretty challenging, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know how you guys are able to pull this off. I mean. Like I told you when you started this, I was like, are you serious? You're really going to do it? And he was like, yep, five days a week. And I was like, all right, I'm in. I'll pay him for as many as you need. And then, you know, but it's, it's, it's challenging. There, there's professionals that do podcasts on a side gig and they can't pull off uh, an hour podcast a day. Yeah. They just can't. And Scott's done this for so long. People don't know that. I mean, he's been. He's done this for for such a long time that he's able to come down here and talk to you guys for an hour and 15 minutes on stuff. This isn't something that somebody, you know, you just can't whip this thing out. A lot of people think they can do this, and it, it's, right. it's not this easy. So well, I, I'm with you. You, you know what? The, the biggest problem with uh, doing a daily show is getting the guests guest. on, right? It's uh, That's a challenge in itself. Johnny Dare, all the big bookers the guys in st louis all in new york all those guys howard stern those guys have a team of people that work on their guests because it's so hard to get guests well and and that's the deal and and that's what people don't understand and and kirk has been such a savior to me absolutely because he is absolutely 100 percent been lining up most of the guests for the show it's he's done it for primetime live when we had it we did our tv show when we right. did our ra- everything that we've done kirk's got the phone number and- but it, but it, he is really good at getting our guests lined up for us and mm. and i can't thank him enough for doing so because he he just does it all the time for me listen the the greatest thing that ever happened to me in radio is kirk elliott i, I i've been listening to you and kirk before i ever worked for your you and Kirk. So I, I always just thought Kirk was the professional guy. I'm the asshole no, and he's the professional. I, I knew you, I knew you were the, the guy that with the experience right. as far as stuff. And I knew Kirk had the experience of broadcasting everything. Like I wasn't just, you could tell that he wasn't, he's the pro. He wasn't just a race car guy. He, he could right. broadcast anything. If you, if you gave him the lineup and you set him down, he could do your football, baseball, he basketball, could do any sport tennis i mean he could pull it all off i think kirk elliott could pull even golf and he don't watch much golf and he could probably sit well he watches a lot of golf. He, I mean, could. he could do golf. he could but tennis is what i refer i think he could even pull tennis off and he's not even so kirk elliott's a professional as far as and and so nobody can feel those that's why of, it's worked with me and kirk that's right it's because i'm the ass and he's the pro it 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 always people know this. This is how it works in all of show business. Yin and yang, the push and the pull, the yes and the no. Yeah, that's what makes a show. It isn't two people agreeing on everything because then it's just a well. That session. would be boring it's if two just, people agreed on everything. And then it's just a popularity contest on everything. Yeah. It's like so. No, I agree. Hey, it, I, I I gotta uh, give a couple shouts out here. Marie, she says that 
Eric Clapton and Santana are her favorite guitar players. Pete said Robert Cray. Those are pretty exceptional guitar players, See, aren't they? I would never say for, you could mention all the all three of those guitar players are one, two, and three. You just can. Eric Clapton was known as God at one time. At, when, he? Like I said, Eddie Van Halen learned ev- all of his blue. Eddie Van Halen can play every note that every song that Eric Clapton plays. You know why? Because he he was God. I mean, the, right. he, he was the guy. He was and, the man. And Robert Cray, one of the most underrated blues guys. You know, luckily he got a little bit of a push there. In the when MTV he caught caught on on a little bit of uh, MTV and got three good videos out of him, made some money. Uh, those guys don't make a lot. Of money. <laughs> those right. blues guys don't make a lot of money. But Stevie Ray Vaughan, I saw Eric Clapton live right after Stevie Ray Vaughan passed. A week after Stevie Ray Vaughan passed oh, wow. at no Sandstone kidding. and um, Eric Clapton had also lost two people in his in his entourage. Right. in that so yeah. um, he 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 went ahead and and. Uh, com- he did the show at Sandstone, which is Cricket Wireless here in Kansas City. And so, no, Maria, I agree. Those are. Those she are, also says Keith Urban's pretty Keith, good. Well, that for goes, country. No, not just for country. That He that, can play. Just, you've got some smokers over there on the countryside. So it, what I've told a lot of people is there's a magazine called Guitar Magazine, Guitar for the Practicing Musician and Guitar World. These magazines, they cater to everybody. They don't discriminate between country, between jazz and heavy metal and rock. And so what happens is guys like me, you just you pick up on everything. You just got right. everything. And so nothing really offends you as a musician unless it's really bad. And then I go, hey, that sounds like me. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, uh, Jerome says do a Tuesday and Thursday podcast, make it a two hour show. Just uh, just keep it going, even if. It's one day a week. We love your show. Well, we appreciate that. And That's very kind words. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we're going to, like you said, Chili Bowl is, is where we're eye and everything. And then that's when we'll decide what we're going to maybe do as far as. But Chili Bowl is going to be a big a big one this year. So, yeah. I, like you said, I I think everybody will understand. And, I, and I, I know a lot of our listeners. you got daily listeners, and I'm amazed how many people that – you know, we, we've got a pretty good number of downloads yeah. every day. And so what we're hoping is, is maybe, and what I would like to see is, is maybe everybody that does is a, is a daily listener, man, just share that this holiday mm-hmm. with somebody that you don't see normally and say, Hey right. man, have you ever heard of this podcast and yep. just pull it up on your phone or show it to them? Cause you know what that would do? I mean, that just, it brings so many eyeballs to it and that helps us with the money on the back end. And guess what? Then again, we're able to bring more days a week, maybe to, the game so it's just there's a lot of things that are like you said resources 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 help and we couldn't thank lucas oil enough to what they've done yeah they've been a great partner of ours for a long time for a long time hopefully they stay on board with us well like you said they're good guys so yeah all right well why don't we do this we'll take a break when we come back joe costello from wfo radio is going to join us here on the show we're going to talk a little bit about nhra uh the season is wrapped up we'll talk about the champions and uh, their accomplishments this year with NHRA. Uh, we'll talk about Pro Stock, Top Fuel, Funny Car, Pro Stock Bike. And uh, we'll talk about Tony Stewart's debut and a top alcohol dragster. Uh, we'll also talk about John Forrest, the body blowing off of his car at Pomona. And uh, a, a lot of NHRA coming up here in just a moment. 
Joe Costello joins us next year on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Coffee Store. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment, it works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. 
Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Todd Surprise. Joining us now on the show is the host of WFO Radio, Joe Costello. Joe, how are you doing? What's up, Scott? How are you? I'm doing well, man. Did the, the hurricane get you down there in Florida? Thankfully, no. I dodged two of them in the last couple of months. Um, the, the first one, which hit uh, the Fort Myers area, Ian, he went, went west of us. We're on the east coast of the south tip of Florida. And so just got very lucky that it didn't hit us. Very upsetting, though, because when you're rooting for a hurricane to miss you, inevitably it's going to somebody else, right? right so yeah. a lot of our uh, friends and, and, you know, people we know, and I used to vacation over there on the west coast of the state all the time and see it get hit so hard was terrible. And then this Hurricane Nicole that popped up just a couple of days ago, uh, fortunately went a little north of us, and we just got wind and rain. Uh, so very lucky, very fortunate to not have been affected. You know, my cousin lives in Cape Coral over there by Fort Myers Beach, and they got hit pretty hard over there. Uh, that uh, Florida is just not getting any breaks right now. Yeah, it's unfortunately part of the deal when you live down here. We get to talk about the great weather and being on the beach in December and January, but every once in a while you got to deal with a storm. And I've lived down here my whole life. I was born down here. My parents were from New Jersey. Kind of you know, something we think about and prepare for, and we've seen some really bad stuff. The problem is people who have just moved into the state of Florida who right. don't know that, and they're like, yeah, it's a storm. How bad could it be? And uh, many of them, you know, I hate to say this, but they didn't take it seriously. They just right. didn't know what they didn't know, and they really got walloped. Um, very unfortunate part of being in Florida though. And I would say that the positives outweigh the negatives. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Pomona and, uh, man, there was a lot of storylines that came out of Pomona this year, wasn't there? Oh my goodness. Well, I, I've been saying, and I, I remember when we were there in Topeka and we had a great event and we spent a fair amount of time talking just about the storylines and the specifics of the conversation, you know, who knows because of the, the ebb and flow and the back and forth of the championship. But one thing that we did definitely talk about was that this was one of the best seasons ever of NHRA drag racing. Mm -hmm. And it lived up to the hype. It lived up to the bill down the stretch. Different championship storylines went in different directions. But as far as overall entertainment value, I don't see how you could ask for more. Like walk away from one category or another. You had dominance with Erica Enders. Uh, just running over the field, one of the greatest of all times, doing her thing. You had a similar situation in Pro Stock Motorcycle with Matt Smith. Funny car, you had a come-from-behind, shocking victory by Ron Caps And Brittany Force, kind of a, you know, a, a, a challenged favorite, right? Challenged favorite, who rose to the occasion and won the big race she needed to win when the spotlight was brightest, uh, final two races and then brought it home in Pomona. So you had a story for everything in the Camping World Series. And, of course, you know I love the Lucas Oil Series 
competitors as well. Uh, we had great stories there too. So it yeah. was as good as it could be for a drag racing fan or a sports fan. Where would you rate Erica as as one of the great all time pro stock drivers? How would you rate her? The as good as it gets in the right. executive uh, VIP washroom. Got the key to everything. Erica is as good as it gets. There is no one better than Erica. You know, you could think of the greats of all time, drivers, pure drivers, guys like Lee Shepard, guys like Jed Coughlin, the guys that, that, you know, handled the cockpit of the race car. Erica is as good or better than any of them, and I'll say better when it comes to releasing the clutch. It's more competitive now than it's ever been before, and for Erica to take on the responsibility after her team uh, puts the car together. And, and make no mistake, Erica is a hands-on driver. She works in the pit. She's hands-on the car, uh, not assembling engines and working in the dyno room necessarily, but a hands-on participant in what's going on in the pit. Then to take that car, and they're like, you know, we need you to be 10 or better on the tree sometimes. And she can do it. That's amazing. And, um, right. no, she's as good or better than anyone who has ever done this. It 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 would it takes a lot to win ten races in one year, doesn't it? I mean, it, it, just to think about that, winning ten this year, I think that's the number she won, wasn't it? Ten total. Yeah, yeah. she did win ten, and the the double digits, right? Getting into the double digits, uh, the greatest season ever, I think, was Greg Anderson with fifteen wins out of twenty four races. Uh, Daryl Alderman had double digit wins, and now Erica has double digit wins as well. I might be missing one in there, but. When you get to double-digit wins, you've done something special and outrageous and amazing. The thing is, she did it in 19 races. She won more than 50% of all the races held. So in what other competition can you win more than 50%? Uh, It's really amazing what they did. And I think we're going to look back at this season as one of the greatest. I know she wanted to win that 11th in the final round at Pomona against Greg Anderson. The Cosmos did not line up because of a hundred reasons, but 10 wins in a season, just, uh, you know, one of the greatest single seasons of pro stock we've seen. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, top fuel dragster. Uh, Brittany Forrest picks up um, her second championship. Um, she's got 16 wins total. She won five this year. Um, she's really becoming the the face of force racing, isn't she? I think she'd have to be. Yeah. Uh, and you know, John is seventy three years old. John Force is an American icon, like Dale Earnhardt, Richard Petty, Johnny Cash, Elvis. He's one of those American stories that if you didn't get to actually see it, you wouldn't believe it. Here, as a 73-year-old, he finished fifth in the point standings. He won a race. Great year for John Force. But the youthful uh, you know, aspect of Brittany, the, the, she is the now. She is the youth. She is the future. She connects with Gen Z. Uh, John doesn't. Sorry, you know, I got a little nephew. He's 12 years old. As much as right. I want him to, to like things that I think are cool and I show him, show him old movies and stuff, he's like, you know, this is not connecting with me. Uh, he says it in his own way. 
And so, <laughs> yes, Brittany Force is the future of John Force Racing. Robert Hyde is as good as it gets. Austin Proc, what an amazing countdown. He actually scored the most round victories in the countdown, and he is uh, her teammate. But Brittany is really, you know, other than John Force, becoming the face of John Force Racing because she's you know, now won two championships. She's got all 10 of the top speed records of all time. She's genuine queen of speed in motorsports. There is no one uh, faster or quicker than Brittany Force. Yeah, no doubt. How much longer do you think we'll see John race? Do you, do you have any idea? you think he's going to continue on for some time now? Unknown. Uh, I, I speak with John a fair amount. I do not want to try to crawl into the mind of John Force. True. But he will tell you a couple of things. You know, he, he's, two things can be true at, at once. He has the want to still. Mm-hmm. And so as long as he wants to, because it's fun, uh, because he loves it, he's going to do it as long as he's not embarrassing himself out there or clearly um, unable to do it. So we've seen this year he is clearly able to do it at a very high level. The people crossing the center line or the people, uh, you know, having issues get down the racetrack, uh, no more or less than John Forrest driving his nitro funny car. And so I think you're going to see Force, you know, a couple more years. But the way I look at it is that every year is the last, year you're going to see John Force. And if I was selling tickets and I was telling everybody, it's like, hey, man, this guy is a freak of nature. He is an unbelievable uh, personality, an American icon. You Like when Kiss goes on tour and it's their final tour 10 years in a row, you got to go because one of these times it's going to be the final go round for them. Mm-hmm. And you got to be there. And so is John going to run for two years? Is he going to run for five years? What's he going to do? It all depends on his health and ability. But right now, his health and ability is there, and the guy's getting it done. So I, I expect to see John Force, um, you know, in the, in the next few years. Yeah, no doubt about it. It would be a, it would be a huge loss to NHRA when John Force retires, isn't it? Wouldn't that be a big loss? Some say it will be a gain, and really? it's all how you want to look at it. Yes, John Force is the son of NHRA drag racing, as in the largest, most powerful object in the, in the solar system. But at the same time, John, with his 16 championships and his 155 wins, it just over it blocks out everything else, too. Right. And... When John does retire and choose to be on the starting line, be a team owner, work exclusively in the boardroom, it's going to change a lot of things. But I don't think necessarily for the worse. I think you're going to see a new John Force doing new things. And there will be a lot more um, time and attention focused on a lot of these other drivers who are very interesting and compelling personalities themselves. So, you know, I'm a silver lining, glasses half full kind of guy. Whenever John Forrest decides to hang it up, and again, it doesn't look like it's going to be anytime soon. But when that does happen, there will be negatives because we'll be sad to see him go, and there'll be positives because there'll be 
a lot more focus on some of our young and uh, very compelling drivers. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let's talk about Ron Caps picking up the Funny Car Championship. Was this his first year as a team owner? Or is it yes. his? Yes, it was, right? Um, yes. First it, it, year as a team owner. He uh, struck out on his own at the end of last year. And uh, in his first season, he wins the championship, wins five races, and wins the U.S. Nationals and also the Pep Boys All-Star Call-Out bonus race. So I haven't spoken with Ron in depth yet. Just a couple of casual conversations uh, over a beverage at the NHRA awards ceremony. But this has got to be one of his greatest single seasons of his career, if not the best. He showed a lot of emotion at the end of the year after the last race. He's got 73 career wins. Um, but you could see the, the emotion in his face. He, had, he took a lot of self-satisfaction out of winning this championship as a team owner, didn't he? Oh, well, why shouldn't he? Yeah. It was a gutsy decision. It was an uncomfortable decision. Being a driver, getting paid, instead taking on all the responsibility, going out onto his own, the American entrepreneurial spirit, but he did it for many reasons. And, uh, Scott, this is exactly why. This is exactly why I really feel that NHRA drag racing, drag racing in general, is a motorsport and a sport in general that is poised for a pop right for a uh, a growth explosion as casual fans who are just looking for great stories hear about these people like what this guy was getting paid and he took on the responsibility and in his first year they went out and they took a chance and they won everything they had never won and they won the championship uh he's got a right to be emotional his wife shelly jumped on board like people who don't have their own businesses don't have any idea how much work happens when people would prefer to not be working, right? Like five o'clock comes right. and the whistle blows and Fred Flintstone slides down the dinosaur <laughs> and you're done. You're thinking about yourself. Whereas a, a guy like Caps who takes on the responsibility, invoices, parts, payments. He, he talked about at one point in the season where they're putting the body down in the funny car and in his mind pops the, oh, my gosh, did I pay that invoice thought that so many people who right. run their own businesses think, and they had to fight it out there. So, yeah, he deserves to be emotional because he did something great and compelling, and hopefully many others follow suit. Because, uh, you know, Ron, is, he's, a, he's a driver. He's a regular person he's trying to make his own dream. He doesn't have a large a large business, a family business, like so many in drag racing do, right? right Where this right. is their professional hobby funded by something else. He is in the John Force vein, trying uh, like a drag racer by DNA and making it work into a business and having success. It's great. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, Caps was elated emotional, and I felt devastated for Robert Height, the other side of the coin there. Robert led right. most of the season, had an you know, eight-win season, and came up three points short. For everybody out there, just think about that. Man. A whole season of work, of effort, of everything you could possibly imagine, genuine blood, sweat, tears, to come up three points short when the next closest was 95 back. 
it was just a gut-wrenching experience for uh, for the entire category. Maybe one of the best, most entertaining seasons we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and we finally, we want to wrap up with the Pro Stock Bike. Mike, uh, Matt Smith, he picked up his third straight uh, world championship. Um, is this his sixth career title, I believe? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Sixth career title, joining Andrew Hines and Dave Schultz. Uh, you know, the two accepted, uh, you know, greatest of all time, John Myers, of course. But, um, yeah, Matt Smith has had a mission all year long, Scott, to, to do this. He came out of the box and said, I want to win six. And he made it happen. The way he made it happen was very interesting. For those that don't follow the sport, you, you have one motorcycle typically. But this year, Matt had two. And he had uh, his uh, you know, tried and true Red Rocket, the V-twin motorcycle that he ran to a championship one year ago. But he was also experimenting with new Suzuki power. Uh, a new Suzuki motorcycle. So two brands that are totally different, two styles of engine that are totally different. One is a big V-twin. The other is an inline four-cylinder Suzuki. They're, they're totally different. He had them both, and the Suzuki bike was kind of, you know, R&D and due to early year supply train issues, et cetera. He, you know, he wasn't sure he had enough parts. And, so he only ran it occasionally. And he won on both of them. And he ran all year long, kind of switching back and forth until the playoff system known as the countdown. And then he kind of stayed exclusively on the V-Twin for the most part and, uh, and won the championship and has now etched his name in there with the greatest of all time in pro stock motorcycle. And in the final race, his wife, Angie. I sell that. That's the great thing about the finals. Yeah. We had four champions and four different race winners. I don't remember that happening before, um, which is great. We had eight eight amazing drivers to celebrate at the end of Pomona and Matt and Angie got to celebrate as race winner and champion together. How cool is that? Yeah, no doubt about it. And that was her third career win, if I'm not mistaken on that. So, uh, yeah. um, I, I gotta say this, Angel, it seems like to me and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like that she red lights a lot. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the stats don't lie. I haven't I haven't gone back and counted up the the red lights. Right. But Angel had a tough season, and I think she would be the first person to tell you that she finished sixth in the points. She had the number one qualifier quite a few times, and you know what can you say? This is very very difficult to go out there and put it on the line and take all the responsibility under yourself. And I think Angel um, had a, just a, a tough year, what I would call, uh, you know, fighting herself in her mind, right? right. Uh, and she has told me on my, you know, podcast that I do, WFO Radio, uh, you know, that this has been very difficult to be able to tell herself that she can still do this at the highest level. And it's interesting is because, I, you know, I, I don't want to put myself into her head. But it's almost like she's fighting a fight against herself sometimes yeah. and did have some tough moments over the course of the season, no doubt. Had some very difficult moments. And she is a champion, and she is one of the greatest that we've ever had. And I expect her to rebound. That's what I think. I think Angel is going to rebound 
uh, from this. I hope she gets the opportunity to do so. How much of a buzz did uh, Tony Stewart create by running that top alcohol dragster? He did such a good job his first time out, didn't he? Well, I think you should tell me, Scott. What do you think? Because right, uh, this is a perfect example. I have my opinion. But, you know, I was at the track, and I'm immersed in drag racing all the time. So right. it was huge, right? Right. But you guys, uh, are, you know, a little more casual. You love the Chiefs. You talk regular sports. Right. Was it on your radar? Did it get into your feed as it was happening? I think everybody in motorsports had an eye on Tony Stewart that weekend. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And there was a lot of debate going on about what's good for the sport and how good can he do before it's bad for the sport. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if Tony Stewart in his first race and top alcohol dragster – a very challenging and difficult category. For those that don't know, you know, there's the Camping World Series, and then right below there's the Lucas Oil and uh, Top Alcohol Dragster and Funny Cars. They are very quick. They are very fast. They are challenging to drive. And the people who are doing it, while they're not considered professionals, they do everything just like the professionals. They spend a ton of money as professionals. For Tony to just go in and whip everybody's butt in the first race, like I don't know what kind of a message that sends, right? But instead, he goes out there and he wins some very close races by doing a great job. And the car he was driving is a championship caliber car that was involved in championship battles at the time. And so I think we learned a little bit about Tony Stewart's, um, you know, renowned adaptability. And he took drag racing and is taking drag racing very, very serious. He has fallen in love with it. He went out there. He got through some very tough racers, and he went to the final round. And the funny story is he, <laughs> he goes up against another young racer, a 20-year-old girl, and, um, uh, and, and wins, Maddie Payne, and uh, she said flat out, she goes, oh, she had been fighting for her own first win as well. She's like, I was very happy to run him because I knew there would be no attention paid to me, and I could do my own thing. And that's exactly what she did. She went out there. They both had good reaction times. They both made good runs, and she won it by two ten-thousandths of a second at Crazy. 280 miles an hour. And so... In a conversation I had with Tony after the race, uh, he was celebrating with Dickie Venables and Matt Hagen in the winner's circle. And, you know, it's all smiles, like, hey, great job. And he goes, do you know how many inches there are in a quarter mile? And I said, you know, honestly, I never really thought about it. And right. he goes, I do, and I lost by one of them. Because two ten-thousandths of a second at, a, at 280 miles an hour is one inch. And uh, I think it turned out the best possible way tony having a great day giving it a ride but unable to drink from the chalice of victory in his first outing uh i think he's going to be back and uh, that's really what everybody wants to see yeah. tony go out there and run on a pretty consistent basis and be a part of the sport and uh and battle it out against the regulars and climb the ladder just like everyone else i can also tell you one more note he earned so much respect from other racers, top and bottom, you know, through, through the sports, all ranks, 
because he made the decision to not try to go top fuel racing first. Uh, that would have been perceived as disrespectful. Like, oh, man, you can jump in just anything and just go run a top fuel car. And Tony said many times publicly, uh, the dumbest thing I've ever done was get into that top fuel car without having had that experience. And now I know better. I didn't really know. I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, and he's turning out to be one of the best ambassadors for the driver ability that it takes to get one of these cars down the track. Unfortunately, so many people, NASCAR fans, Formula One fans, IndyCar fans, they love motorsports. They love speed. They perceive drag racing as easy because you're going straight, right? And right. it makes sense. I get it. It makes sense. These guys are turning through corners uh, at high rates of speed, passing each other. Drag racing, you're in a lane. You're not bumping anybody. I get it. But it's also one of those things where you, you spend a little time learning about what it takes to be successful, and it's very, very hard. And now Tony Stewart is going through that process. He loves it. He appreciates it. He's telling his story. He's feeling the pain of a two, ten thousandth of a second loss. Um, all of those things are, are really good for drag racing and people who want to come out and experience the sport firsthand. We're visiting with Joe Costello from WFO Radio. He does a great podcast. Um, can you let everybody know when they can listen to your podcast, Joe? Absolutely, absolutely. Anytime you want, uh, just open up your iPhone or Android phone, go to whichever podcast catcher you use, whether it be Spotify or SoundCloud or Apple, uh, and type in WFO, like wide, fast, open, like what I did there, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I like radio, that. Radio, WFO yeah. Radio, and you will find all of our content. We're also on YouTube, WFO Radio TV, because it's a video component on YouTube, and we're growing our YouTube channel as best as we can. We're going to do some fun off-season stuff. But, uh, you know, long form, like what you're listening to with Scott here, guys, sports talk of motorsports and drag racing. We do some fun entertainment stuff. We talk Miami Dolphins football, Scott. Remember our last conversation? Yeah. So uh, so what do you think about your Dolphins this year? Okay, so the last time we spoke, I'm walking around in the pit area at uh, Heartland Motorsports Park, and we're talking about, you know, what the season is going to be like, right? I think right. we were uh, looking ahead at that time, and... I don't have any idea what I told you, so I'm just going <laughs> to do uh, you know, revisionist history and tell you I was super confident and I was right. Uh, seven and three, Tua has been amazing. Tyreek, clearly the best receiver in the league. Thank you very much. We love him, and both teams seem to have benefited. Um, but for me, most importantly, it's entertaining again. I grew up in the Dan Marino era. Scott, I've been ruined right. for offense. Right. I've been ruined by Dan Marino. And, you know, you could be down by three touchdowns and still win the game with, uh, you know, 10 minutes left to go. Like, how is that possible? That's what I grew up on. And now, not that it's exactly the same, but we've got a fun, exciting offense. Right. Uh, and Tua, he's, you know, a couple of the experts – and this is true with everything, right? You have to be great at something if you're going to make it to the highest level. You have yeah. to have some sort of standout something, superpower, if you will. <laughs> and his superpower is accuracy. Yeah. Accuracy. The guy is, like, insane accurate. Uh, as they march down the field, he has been great. 
the concussion protocol we saw earlier this year, very uh, you know frightening. I was one of many saying, oh, man, this could be it. Tua could be over. Right. Um, but he bounced back. He showed toughness. And now the Dolphins are 7-3. and three. They're going up against the Houston Texans next weekend for a chance to uh, to go to 8-3 and three and really surprise everyone. You know, their closest rivals, the Jets and the Pats, and everybody kind of beating up on each other. Um, the Bills, the Dolphins already have beaten the Bills once. Bills clearly should be the better team, all right? Like, come on, the Bills right. should be the better team. That AFC Championship game last year was insanity. What So entertaining. Um, but we beat them once. And right. so you never know. The Dolphins, uh, the sky's the limit, and we're kind of playing with house money right now because we're all so entertained. Well, all I can say is that we are satisfied here in Kansas City with our quarterback, and we've proven that we could live without Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you, de- you definitely have. Well, like, that's the thing. is the Chiefs. You guys are a uh, Super Bowl contending team every year that you've got Pat Mahomes. That's it. Yeah. And, wow, what a feeling that must be <laughs> to wake up every Sunday morning <laughs> knowing that a victory is probable. That's a feeling we haven't had in Miami for Decades. Right. Since last century, Scott. <laughs> uh, last century, Scott. Think about it. That's, uh, that's a long time. Yeah. Hey, we waited 50 years yes, to win sir. another Super Bowl. You got it. Well, exactly. And and um, you got to appreciate it, right? And you yeah. know what? It's one of the reasons I love drag racing. Because, you, you know, as a race fan, you don't ever walk out feeling like a loser, if that makes sense. You guys have been to the games, right? You go to a game, you spend a lot of money, you sit down, your hopes, your dreams. I'm feeling this with the University of Miami football team this year. Go to the games. You're going to drop a couple of hundred bucks unless you're working some sort of weird budget plan where you don't have a beer or anything. Right. And when your team lays an egg and stinks on ice, you walk out of there feeling a little hollow, like a little... Like, man, what was it all for? That was terrible. What did I just do? And with drag racing, I never encounter a fan walking out feeling that way. Because if your pro stock driver doesn't win, maybe your funny car driver will. If your funny car driver doesn't win, maybe your top fuel driver will. Maybe none of your drivers win, but great stories happen and some really close racing and excitement. So it's, it's just a very different sport that you can always walk out having enjoyed an aspect of it, it was very hard to walk out of a football game after taking a beating yeah. and feeling good about it. Yeah. Joe, we appreciate you always taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products at Works. Thank you so much for taking the time. We'll talk to you down the road. I can't wait to talk to you the next time. Super excited. Remember the Gator Nationals start the season in 2023 in Gainesville, Florida. For the the uh, you know first time officially, we had it once in the pandemic year. It actually worked pretty good. So instead of starting in Pomona, we'll be starting in Gainesville in March, a slightly prolonged winter break. But we are going to be doing shows and talking to drivers and getting everybody hyped for the season in motorsports uh, starting right now. And so really excited. I'm happy to come back anytime, guys. I love the fact that we get to connect like this and just kind of kick it about drag racing and other stuff. I wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. You and, too, uh, my you friend. Know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all of those things. 
And uh, all the best to you and your families, guys. Enjoy your time. All right. Have a happy Thanksgiving yourself. Thank you, Joe. Later, Scott. Later, Kirk. Bye, guys. Thank you. All right. There you have it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, do do who we have? Nope. We're gonna do, we got a big surprise for tomorrow's show. Let's just you want to. We're going to do it tomorrow. Yes, sir. Right. And it's going to be bigger than what you think. So. All right. Okay. Good enough. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Luxor Products. It works. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. So here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Country Resort. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day, 
for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back, Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. I want to remind everybody about the uh, 2023 Z06 Corvette that they're going to be uh, raffling off up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. It's a pearl white Metallica tricoat. And they're going to give you $25,000 on top of that to help you pay for the taxes on the car. This is a 760-horsepower 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an 8-speed automatic. It's got the big tires on it. It's got the big brakes on it. It's got the aero package on it. Again, this is the Z07 performance package. And it is a great Corvette, folks. They gave, a one, gave away one this year. They're going to give away another one next year. They're going to do it again Saturday, August 19, 2023. Uh, that's after the Knoxville Nationals. And, again, if you want to buy a raffle ticket for this 2023 Z06 with the Z07 Performance Package, you can do that at winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. And if you want to try to win a sprint car, a race-ready sprint car, they still have the 2022 Triple X chassis. Um, and they're also going to give you $25,000 to help you pay for the taxes on this this Triple X chassis as well. They're going to be giving it away next month, folks. They're going to be giving this away on Friday, December 16th. You can buy the raffle tickets at SprintCarRaffle.com. That's SprintCarRaffle.com. This is a race-ready 410 Sprint Car. And if you don't, if you're not really comfortable giving your information online, you could always give them a call at 641-842-6176. That's 641-842-6176. And buy your raffle tickets over the phone if you need to. It's a great deal, and we can't thank the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum for being great supporters of the Racing Boys as well here on Mostly Motorsports. All right, so tomorrow we got a pretty good show lined up for you. We are going to have on tomorrow Kenny Wallace, and we're going to have Ken Schrader on tomorrow. We're going to talk about, about the tur Turkey Bowl down in Springfield. They're going to be racing down there, and we're going to talk to them about the Turkey Bowl. And uh, that ought to be interesting to get Kenny Wallace and Ken <laughs> Schrader on at the same time. Kenny Wallace, man. Mm. Uh, I can never forget the time I seen him walking. So, you know, we at the Chili Bowl, right? racing boys, we had more than one place that we worked out of. Right. 
We had the we had we got several locations, several locations, yeah. and, and I worked out of the media center for ninety percent of my video editing stuff that I did. Right, and so you you're right out of the fumes. That's right, and so um, I would get my videos edited, and I'd just walk out and stretch my legs there in the corridor, which is right, right when you guys walk in and buy your tickets when you're standing there at the box office. And I remember walking out there. I can't remember if, what night this was. It was early, obviously early before qualifying, right. and Kenny Wallace gets out of a. <laughs> gets out of a car yeah the the year that he raced out. the year he raced he yeah. got out of a car had his helmet in one hand his seat thing and his uh hans device right climbed out of the back of this car and walked in and said hey man where do i go i gotta get checked in and and he said i told him where and so i walked him where he to go and he said that old boy picked me up at the airport he didn't even know who i was he said he was head <laughs> and he'd gotten a ride from this guy at the airport uh, to give him a ride to drop him off at the Chili Bowl. Didn't have any idea. Ha that's the original have seat, have helmet, will travel. I right, mean, right. that was literally, he jumped out of the car, got in, walked in. And, and if you remember that night, Kirk Scott, he, it was his either his wife's anniversary that night or his her right. birthday. And he, he qualified and then flew home and did the anniversary or birthday party and then came back and raced again the next day. So, I mean... Kenny Wallace is definitely a character, and it's going to look forward to having him and Kenny Schra Ken Schrader on tomorrow. That, right. That's going to be awesome, man. Looking forward to tonight's uh, Merced action. It, it gets underway tonight. It's going to be tonight and tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to that. A lot of great drivers are going to be racing there. All the, all the talented midget drivers are going to be there. Yes, there sir. There is a ton of them, and uh, you need to tune in to Flow tonight to watch that race it's going to be a really good race tonight yes, i can't sir. wait to watch we it. we got a story from richie murray right there on our homepage. so if you go to it right. and click on it, it's the very first page out of the gate click on it it'll give you wrap up or you know some updates and everything you need to know but richie murray giving us an update on our homepage there you can't miss it it's right there on yep, the first page that. so todd that's good putting that up there on the screen yeah. to show people what the 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 uh, article looks like yeah. so that's no. good thank you buddy I not a problem you doing that um so anyway, um, tomorrow, Kenny Wallace, Ken Schrader joining us on the show. We can't wait to do that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, see, let me look back up here. Oh, today is the 59th anniversary of JFK getting assassinated. Oh, your, your mic's not on, Todd. Yeah, I thought today was the 21st for some reason. I was So I was off a day, and sure enough, it is. So uh, yeah. have you been to... Daily Plaza before and walked down to there. I have. That's my only. Have you ever been down no, to sir. the aquarium down there? Never been to anything in Dallas. Drove uh, through, but never been. Yeah. So that was on our bucket. Well, actually, that was on me and a friend of mine. We're going to go um, right before COVID. I had invited him, told him I would pay for his room and pick him up. He lives there in Oklahoma. I was yeah. going to pick him up and have him. We were going to go do a history tour down there and, and drop him back off on and the way home. Well, COVID hit and everything got sh all shut the museum down. stuff kind of got shut down for a while down there so i just you ever get a chance to go to the aquarium down in dallas yeah it, it's really close to that's what they where said jfk yep. got assassinated mm -hmm. and let me tell you it is remarkable that's what they say to going through that aquarium yep. and watching all the animals yep. in there it's crazy. Man, it's if you're i know you haven't been the one in kansas city the one in kansas it's a smaller one we've got a really it. neat one here in kansas city it's if it's right down by crown center yeah. Right down there. I mean, right right there next to it. You can't miss it. And it's pretty neat. I used to take the kids down there when they were little, little, because I was a stay-at-home dad, you know. So I, 
I used to take those kids to anything I could do to wear them right, out during the right. day. <laughs> Walk them to death, man. So you got to wear those kids out. But yeah, that that that'll be really cool. I, I I definitely saw the when I saw the comment. I my mind thought I, it, that can't be the right date, and sure enough. So yeah, big anniversary on that. That's uh, right. I didn't know if so. We have Thanksgiving coming up too. So I, do you have any big big plans, Scott? I've got family coming to my house, so. This not is a, real big plans. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna eat at my ex-wife's house uh-huh. the day after Thanksgiving. There you go. I love That's the day after yeah. eats. I right. love the next day eats because uh, some of that food tastes better the next day. I'm gonna just come out and say it. I don't know why, but I like eating it. The, maybe it's because you didn't get your fill on the first day, right. and you're like, yeah. So we're having. We kind of rotate ours so that everybody doesn't get hit with everything. So this year's our mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. We're going to host with Jenna, my wife's side of the family. And so uh, kind of got that going on. Yeah. Um, Joe Mooney is joining uh, Anthony Macri as a new crew chief. Saw Joe that. Mooney has been the crew chief for Brad Sweet, his four championship runs. Does that mean that Anthony Macri is going to run with the World of Outlaws next year? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That would be interesting to see Anthony Macri run with the World of Outlaws, wouldn't it? Be a different step for him. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Todd. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming in and helping me out today. Anytime, but, brother. Anytime. Um, you know, it, it's always good to be able to talk about something besides motorsports because the show is called Mostly Motorsports. Right. We geared this thing for this. Yeah, and, and to just talk something a little outside of the motorsports realm is always good. And, and if you guys have any topics yeah just bring them up we it says it right there in our flyer that we hung out that we handed out anything but politics or religious man we'll, well we can i can bs my way through almost any topic right i could i mean you'll think i know pretty much everything on it so <laughs> so definitely i uh, i appreciate you guys having me on yeah no doubt all right, Todd, thanks so much again Thank you, I, I, I want to appreciate uh todd surprise my partner kirk elliott for um taking care of our guests for tomorrow uh again tomorrow we're going to have kenny wallace on ken schrader on and maybe steve post I mean, we still might be able to might get be able him to squeeze him well. in too yeah so thanks for tuning in everybody we appreciate it it's all been brought to you by mostly motorsports i mean it's all been brought to you by lucas oil products it works for todd surprise for kirk elliott i'm scott trailer we'll see you tomorrow